Welcome. I'm Anastasia Glova, bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. The Supreme Court ruled recently against a very broad interpretation of the Clean Water Act that allowed EPA regulators to control any land with a hydrological connection to navigable water. But in Rapanos versus the United States, the court ruled in favor of the plaintiff, a Michigan land developer. Cato Senior Fellow in Constitutional Studies, Mark Mahler, explains the meaning of this ruling. Mark, could you explain the controversy that brought Michigan commercial developer John Rapanos to the Supreme Court? Well, Mr. Rapanos is a uh, commercial real estate developer in Michigan, and he wanted to dump some sand on some parcels of property that he owned uh, in order to prepare them for a real estate project. And environmental regulators said that by dumping the sand, he had violated federal wetlands law because some water might carry grains of the sand that he dumped on his property through a century-old drain and through culverts and ditches and streams into the Kalkalan River 20 miles away, which is a navigable body of water that's governed by federal law. And so the case raises an important question about the scope of the Clean Water Act, which is the body of federal law that governs wetlands. What waterways have been traditionally protected under the Clean Water Act? Well, the Clean Water Act says that the federal government can regulate the water quality in navigable water, and there is a provision that also suggests that some land or non-navigable water adjacent to navigable water is also within the scope of federal regulatory power. And so this was a case that really raised the technical question, what is sort of land that's adjacent to navigable water? And federal environmental regulators have interpreted the Clean Water Act very broadly in a way that reaches almost any land in the country. And the Pacific Legal Foundation, an organization that sues the government in many cases to promote economic liberty, argued that the Clean Water Act really has to be interpreted much more narrowly. What was wrong with the EPA's interpretation of the Clean Water Act? Well, what they say is that any land that has a quote-unquote hydrological connection to navigable water falls within the power of federal environmental regulators. And what that means, translated from sort of bureaucratic ease, is that any land off of which just a trickle of water flows, if it's plausible that that trickle of water may someday end up in a bay or a river or an ocean, well, that land can be governed by federal environmental regulations and people who develop the land in the wrong way can be slapped with criminal charges. And the fact is that there's no land in the country off of which water doesn't flow, you know, and end up in a larger body of water somewhere. So really, What the EPA is arguing is that it it can act as sort of a general land use or general zoning board for the entire country, with the exception of maybe some isolated spots in the Mojave Desert somewhere. Justice Scalia's majority opinion makes that distinction between significant waterways and what are just puddles. Is his majority opinion a significant victory for federalism? If you just look at Justice Scalia's opinion, I would say, yes, the Rapanos case is a victory for federalism in the sense that Justice Scalia recognizes that EPA can't have general land use control over every bit of land in the country. We have to draw some limits 
that leave you know most land use control with states as the framers of the constitution envisioned and he specifically says that the reading of the clean water act that environmental regulators have come up with raises some serious constitutional problems it raises serious questions about the scope of federal power under the commerce clause for instance so he would draw some really narrow lines that allow regulation of you know streams and oceans and the like where there's sort of a continuous flow of water into a larger body of water but you know he would leave out these parcels of land like the Rapanos land where there's just a trickle of water running through a drain but unfortunately justice Scalia's opinion only captured four votes on the court and the fifth vote was Justice Kennedy's. And Justice Kennedy comes up with a much murkier test. He says federal environmental regulators can reach any land that has a significant nexus with navigable water. But I don't want to say what that would be, and we have to determine that on a case-by-case basis. And it's very unclear um, what the scope of environmental regulators' power is under Justice Kennedy's decision. And it's really left to later cases. And so Justice Kennedy's concurrence really robs the decision of much of the force that Justice Scalia's plurality opinion gave to it. Justice Roberts also had a separate concurrence. Yes, he did. And, you know, Justice Roberts' concurrence, like Justice Kennedy's, also muddies the water. Chief Justice Roberts said that he would be willing to give the EPA a great amount of leeway if it comes up with a rule after this decision that draws some limits around its authority, even if that rule envisions much broader authority than Justice Scalia's opinion did. So again, that's another qualification on the scope of this opinion that I think makes it a much less clear victory for property owners than maybe a first reading of the case might suggest. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.